We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Evening, friends. Welcome to another episode of Mavs Party. Dallas Mavericks are now three games above 500 after they held on after they played a rather horrifying third and fourth quarter against the New Orleans Pelicans, but they won 111 to 106. I just finished recording an epic podcast with my my buddy Josh Bow, and I say that because I am normally the pissy one. He was filled with frustration, and I really recommend you go check out that show. It should be posted by the time you get done listening to us dribble or you know drivel on in here uh the mavericks obviously won 111 to 106 they got some lucky breaks down the stretch in the form of some really horrendous refereeing some missed clock mismanagement don't think it would have made a difference pelicans just didn't they needed to score almost every possession in the final four minutes and they couldn't do it uh the dallas mavericks were rescued in the fourth quarter by josh green who made the most of limited opportunities, scoring seven of the Mavericks' 16 fourth-quarter points. Why did they score 16 fourth-quarter points? Well, in large part because everyone on the team forgot to how to play offense. There were some of the worst possessions I've seen all year, uh, followed up by a lack of shot-making. Sometimes the shots don't go down. And with Luca going down to injury, this was sort of another reminder of, you know, it, it cannot only be Spencer Dinwiddie and Josh Green as guys who can dribble. It just can't be. It's not fair to the rest of the team. They need to have some other things going on. It's not fair to those two. So um, let's come up and, you know, we'll we'll see 
what you guys think of this game. I, I am surprised. Uh, I think the Mavericks are sort of just, I, I feel like they're, they're in a rodeo and they're holding on to the bowl as tight as they can. And they could get bucked off at any moment. <laughs> it's really, it's really can. Oh yeah. Jeremy in the chat says, you know, what about, what, what about Tim Hardaway? I mean, Spencer and Tim Hardaway were a remarkable seven of 37 from the floor. I, I, I wasn't even angry. I was impressed. That's hard. <laughs> Anyhow. All right, let's go to the floor. We'll see who wants to talk and hang out for a few minutes, and maybe we'll get out of Dodge. Hey, my man, Brandon. Haven't seen you in here in a few nights. How you doing? Long time no talk, Kirk. How you been doing, man? Welcome back. Yeah, uh, the workflow, you know how that goes. I Sometimes do. It's unwanted, but it's necessary. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like uh, it's one of those things where hopefully the, the Mavs can catch a lot of breaks. A lot of these teams hopefully break up their chemistry and trying to, you know, swing for the fences and trade players is really important. And Dallas may get some lucky breaks about that. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes a lot of teams, they – like New Orleans, they, you know, get bit by the injury bug and, you know, they go through nine to 10 grain losing streaks. So, I mean, that's reality of basketball and sports in general. So hopefully, you know, the Mavs can, can uh, get a couple of wins off of that. But I mean, I, I think, you know, with the amount of games that, that they played this year, um, there's, to me, there's no reason to expect anything different than what we're seeing right now, trade or not, um, because they're pretty much who they are. Like you said, Luke, I think that's right. right. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I'm, God watching I, I'm watching this. Could you hit the mute? Sorry, I'm getting, sorry, I'm getting sorry, feedback. Yes, yes, sorry. I'm watching this Luca injury, and I, I, I cannot believe he didn't hurt something worse. Anyhow, I, I tend to agree that some, some mixing, some mixing up of the ingredients could help this team. Does it help them substantially? No. Does it raise the bar a lot? No. But if the West is going to continue to be this sort of Seinfeldian slap fight, I don't really know if it, like, that might be enough. A nudge in the right direction. Like, I desperately want to play the Clippers in the playoffs as of today because I saw Dylan Brooks uh, punch um, Donovan Mitchell in the balls. And I, I just, I really want to play. I, I, I in a seven-game series, I, I, I take the Mavs because I feel pretty confident against most teams. But night in, night out, I don't feel confident about the team. Is that a weird? Is that bizarre? No, it's not. And I think that to me, Dallas has a puncher's chance of beating any team. But that's about it. If you go through process of elimination of who they can beat. Um, it's very iffy. Like you said before, you know, um, Golden State, Dallas pretty much has their numbers. Back in the day, I don't think Dallas would kind of run the floor with Golden State. But, I mean, you just go through the you go through the top, I guess, 10 or 11 teams, and you're like, well, Dallas may beat the, the upper echelon or, you know, but the middle teams and the Clippers and stuff, it's kind of like, eh. But <laughs> catch them at the right time, I think Dallas could really do some things. But – I don't think it's going to be anything that's uh, sustainable. So they're going to need a lot of help from a lot of different factors. But I think they do have a puncher's chance. And that's kind of what, you know, Toronto had a puncher's chance. Like I said, the championship with Kobe had a puncher's chance. You know, wins like that were just kind of grit and, you know, fans and hard work. But 
Dallas doesn't have much besides just, you know, a chance. I do. The margin for error is non-existent. And yes, I did mean the Grizzlies earlier, not the Clippers. I apologize for that. Um, Somebody in the chat, Ethan just noted that if Luca misses a significant stretch of time, this season is over. And Adam in the chat says, here comes the five game losing streak. Cause the Mavericks are bad on the road. And it's, this season just feels like it's on the edge of a knife, which is why as much as these past two wins have like pissed me off, it would be so much worse if they had gone even 500 because there's just elements where you look, if they had lost against Phoenix, if they had lost against one game back moves them so far down the win loss column in the, in the rage out wet in this rate, you know, kind of whatever's going on out West. And I, as much as like my natural tendency in the big picture is to be negative. Cause that's just sort of how I am. I, I can't help, but think that it's like, if they just make it to the playoffs, they, they should be okay. I, I think I'm going to feel bullish once they get there. I kind of think that they know that they can't control their own fate. Cause if you look that was it like a week and a half ago, they were down like to the 12th spot and now they're just back up towards the fourth spot so you know they're just kind of like hey but um i think right now with if, if luca is out a significant amount of time or just in general i think right now is pretty much where they need to weed out everybody except for luca um kind of like you said before even about dorian the you know the minutes that they put on him um when you look at their numbers over the amount of time that they've been there and that's everybody Nothing is, I mean, they're improving, but it's not a significant improvement to you. Outside, to me, outside of Spencer, there's not a significant improvement where you could say, hey, um, maybe we need to, you know, keep these guys around. Because um, I was watching something, they were talking about the Hawks and even bringing up Trey Young. And that made me think about, you know, Dallas, like, you know, who's not tradable and, you know, who's really just an asset that we really need that's going to push us to the next level. I don't have a good answer for that one because I sort of there's all there's all sorts of variants with what people think. I get messages frequently. I sort of had to turn off Twitter today because I was very like the the Christian Wood discourse makes me very frustrated because I like Christian Wood and I want to like Christian Wood even more. But our guy Matthew Phillips at Mavs Moneyball said if Christian Wood was the third or fourth best player, I would feel so much better about what he could do for this team, but instead they have him in the role as realistically being the second leading scorer for the team. And I, they just, they, they have a bunch of pieces and it's, it's, if they can manage to move some stuff around, I'll feel better. But I also understand what if they can't, they, they got into this mess a while ago and I've been sort of turning as much as I bitch about the front office by the end of last summer, I had sort of turned, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe it'll be fine because everybody wants to believe things are fine. And instead, they've been mediocre and Luke has been incandescent. And it, this is kind of what was in the tea leaves back as soon as Jalen Brunson left. So, you know, this was always going to be a difficult season, I think. And the fact is that it, it earnestly could have gone worse with how some of these things have gone, um, particularly you know, they're 19 and 13 in clutch games. So they played 32 clutch games and they're well above 500 in those games, which is hard to do. I, I don't know. I, I I'm feeling okay at the moment. Um, I, I think that being a Mavs fan, sometimes I had to, you know, just make assumption that a lot of us just kind of hope for something that's not there kind of, sure. you know, 
But and, and one more thing, somebody had brought up, you know, kind of the woes of where Dallas, how, how Dallas got to where they are right now. Um, I think it was one of your previous podcasts about it being the um, uh, Chris Paul and, uh, you know, the Chris Paul trade. I would have to say to me, it was the whole idea of going after um, uh, 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 Williams from the Nets um, back whenever Cuban was just oh, pretty sure. much trying to push for him to it seemed like he blew up the team and his mindset was just go after Williams go after Williams go after Williams and he gave up a lot of asset and just like avoided a lot of opportunities to go after Williams and I feel like that was pretty much a decline and kind of how you know why Dallas is so stagnant now because even in his older age you know Cuban still kind of wanted the guy and it was just you know cognitive dissonance to where this dude was just like going after something that wasn't there for ego purposes or whatever, but you know, I just, I just, I feel like the Chris Paul thing was significant, but his lust for Williams was just like uh, it broke up to me that franchise in a bad. Well, and then he didn't go to the meeting. Well, thank you for joining us, Brandon. Appreciate you. All right. Um, let's see here, who else we got that's waiting? I wanna, I wanna, we we do have to have some Josh Green love. Josh Bow and I led our show with that. Because Josh Green helped win the game. So I'm going to go to Chris Haley, who I know will give us some Josh Green love. Yeah, we're over here on Josh Green Island. Yeah, he's uh, making that – at least made that three that kind of – Big three. He, he, I wouldn't say sealed the deal because – I think they, it did. I really do. I think he misses that three, the momentum that the, the – there was enough time then when he hit that three. That was a yeah. big shot. Yeah. and Well, yeah, Spencer would have missed those free throws too. I mean <laughs> – I was I, I was thinking he might have missed one of those free throws. What annoys me about this team? Yeah, I know Luca wasn't on the floor, but whenever we're up a lot, they're like, "Okay, we can just fuck around now and just shoot threes. Spencer did what he can get to the basket. Sure, he's we've seen him do this. But twelve free throws tonight. And I honestly, feel like going back to last season when Tim Hardaway Jr. was out, I, I really don't feel like we would have made it to the Western Conference Finals with him being healthy. Because there's all those possessions that he would have just impulsively taken those threes. And I know sometimes he can catch fire, but damn. It's just the impulsive three-point shooting drives me nuts with him. It just – he can't – it seems like he can't get to the basket, Tim Hardaway, so he just chunks up threes. It, I don't know. They should have Hardaway, Josh Green, keep doing what he's doing and just get to the basket attack. I mean, especially when you're trying to hold on to a lead, it's frustrating. Another thing is frustrating with how – many offensive rebounds Valanchunas was getting and now Powell's in the game, but it just sucks that we can't play McGee that dude's at all. a monster though. Like that's just, you sort yeah. of see that when, when Valanchunas is in, I, I, you know, somehow Dwight had the best plus minus, not somehow the, what Dwight adds is, is, is it, I do get why that bothers you, but that just, you, you sort of seed offensive rebounds when you play the, the Pelicans based on team construction. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. If there was one player you would think that needs to wear a mask, um, 
I don't know how Pal's face is not like uh, black skin, eyes. Skin and just picked up missing. on it about 15 games ago. Jeff Skin Wade. And now he just points out every time he gets hit in the face. And it's – I mean, we all noticed it, but it's great. It's hilarious to hear the TV broadcast do it. I mean, he should be looking like a hockey player, you know. No, he actually <laughs> pretty good for how much he gets hit in the face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it, it just – other guys on the bench, like uh, McKinley Wright, Pinson – Nilakina, it just sucks that we, we just really can't have anybody else get injured. And I don't, I don't, I think Luca might have missed Saturday's game. It's going to be a tough game either way. I think it, it is a national TV game. I don't know. Well, the, the, the injury that? heel stuff, Jeff Stotts, the guy who does injury stuff for, for basketball and a lot of sports, says that the average missed time for a heel contusion is one to, is one to two games. Um, okay. And- I'm just coming off what they call it Hilbert Sidus. Well, yeah, and, and it makes me want like he played, he went back in. He just meaning Luca. It's it's yeah. In, he maybe could have played, but they were up thirty, so maybe he was just like, "Look, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go get treatment. We'll see. You know, we'll, we'll live to fight." Yeah, I would say just sit him because you don't want to risk that injury. It's going to be a tough game either way. I don't know. We beat the Warriors are different than Phoenix. I, I think Warriors, it's going to be a tough game. The Warriors game. kill at home. They are nineteen and six. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it is a national TV game, but I say screw it, just sit them, and because we got another tough four game uh, stretch there. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we just got to hang on, just beat the teams that we're supposed to beat, and it's going to be a tough road trip. Well, but... this was a tough coaching game, and I mean, we we you know we we kind of lay off kid for a lot of this. But the fact that the offense went to absolute shit in that final six minutes and Spencer was dribbling down and taking like, I'm exhausted at the end of a four game pickup run. I'm just going to heave this shot type shots. I understand we don't run a lot of set plays, but if green was the only, they weren't really prepared for green's attack. Could we do some more Josh green stuff? Just, just maybe one more thing. It, yeah, I don't know that when 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 Spencer got blocked on that three, and that I was when I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but you know what? For some reason, all the crappy, stupid losses we've had, I really believe that they were we're going to win no matter what. It was just funny when the Pelicans were catching them. Like, of course, we're only well, up the by gam- three. So you know? the gam- like, like, like the gambling funny. line was five points. Then they're up by thirty. Yeah. they're up by thirty-one, <laughs> and they win by they win. The Mavericks are the worst team in the league against the spread. Oh, and I have one thing. This is a side thing. This is going – I'm sorry, but I'm going to get off on Brunson sure. real quick. I was reading an article about the three whiffs the Mavs had. So the, the the one that was the biggest one was why did the Mavs not offer him the traditional contract where he – the four or the fourth or fifth years – Oh, I know the off. answer to this. Um, his agent asked Donnie Nelson not to, and Donnie said okay. And the reason that sort of stuff happens – is you ass- so when he was a rookie? Yes, yes. That- and you assume wow. the reason you do that sort of thing as a team is you do it as a favor to an agent, assuming down the road you can call in that favor because they were preparing <sighs> to offer, they wanted to make a run at Giannis Antetokounmpo, which would have meant as much salary cap space as possible. So it's, I mean, it was a clear mistake, wow. but. You know, this is why they also locked in Jaden Hardy and used part of the many mid, mid like most most second round deals are two year deals. This is why Bones Highland up in Denver is potentially available because the Nuggets books are a bit of a like they've spent a lot of money on the team that they have. That's why he's available. So it's like us locking these guys up for four years. You know, as much as I'm not really like I'm kind of a like mid on Hardy, 
what the Mavericks did to lock him up for that long is actually really good business. Yeah. Well, watching all these Knicks games that I, that I do, oh my God, I miss Brunson, man. I, I really feel like we would be, we would be a better team. We would possibly get to the finals this year with, with him on the team, having three playmakers. It's, it's just nuts. Um, and lastly, this is not a basketball thing. Uh, the, the last of us, I already know you like the show um, playing the remastered version uh, or the re-release remake, whatever the last of us won on PS5. It's really cool. Outstanding. Yeah. Oh, that's a exactly. Good, that's a but, good recommendation for everyone here. Yeah, about 90% through the game in the last day. <laughs> well, you know, with our where, – where, where do you live again? I can't remember. In San Angelo. It's so West are, Texas. Are you, about are four you guys hours. under any sort of snow chicanery or no? Oh, we, we, we were until like tomorrow. Kids go back to school. But, yeah, the last three days, the school, school's been out. So I'm yeah, like, They, they I'm called off school positive. here tomorrow, and I am going – like, is if there were a place I could storm, I would do it. Like, there is nothing on the <laughs> ground here now. It ran, And they're like, well, it – it might freeze between three and 6 a.m. And it's like, okay. But yeah, they don't, they don't want to go. Well, back no, <laughs> part of me, like I, I understand being safe. It just, I'm just like, I, I very much feel like the Dallas area yeah. after the third straight year of an ice storm is like that Simpsons gift where it's like, we're all out of ideas and we've tried nothing. Just close, and, shut it down. Yeah, shut it down. I don't want to, I'm, I could go off on a tangent about this for hours just because it's like, I, I, I love how much my son does not care that I have to work. Like, does not care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I hope he gets the rest. Yep. Like. All right. Coming up next, let's go to Jack. Hey, Jack. Hey, Kirk. Um, I got some uh, hot Tim Hardaway Jr. takes here. Are they going to be <laughs> that hot? Because Tim is ice cold. <laughs> that's that's true that's true so there, i'm gonna there's got four players javale mcgee dwight powell Jaden hardy and frank tilakina do you know what what they have in common when it comes to tim hardaway jr mm, i don't tell me uh, they're the only four players that he has a better three-point percentage than. <laughs> and here's another one theo pinson is the only player that he has a better uh two-point percentage than on the entire roster and theo's shot 10 shots this year that are from two. That's all I got to say. I'll I'll step down. Man, I'm I'm sorry to make you wait. I love that. Thanks for coming up, Jack. Jack's like, I'm gonna be efficient with my time. Krishna, when I bring you up later, think about that. I'm just kidding you, Krishna. I don't, I'm teasing everybody who's in here. This is why we do these to get to get all of our thoughts out. All right, my man Nav, what's going on? It's been a while. Welcome back. Hey, give him a second to find. How are you doing? Um, you hear me? I can. Welcome. Hey, uh, so tonight actually was first game. Uh, I took my son. His oh, first wow. Game. So it was pretty good until Luca got hurt. Well, you know, game. there's nothing like experiencing sports agony with, with your kin. Yeah. He was more upset that he didn't get to see champ. Mm. Um, I don't know when they, I don't know when they bring him out, but we stayed till like eight minutes in the fourth quarter and he still hadn't come out. So, yeah. Um, the one thing I just had one quick thing, um, <clears throat> how much of the Mavs, uh, struggles without Luca, do you think are due to the lack of talent on the roster and how much do you think it is due to a lack of a decent offensive scheme? This is a good question. If they had one more guy who I thought could reliably dribble, I would say it's, it's more scheme, but when, Luca's out 
they rely so much on Spencer being really, really good. And I don't think is, I don't think that kind of pressure is fair for Spencer. So I really have to roll out, put it more on, on talent than I do scheme. That's, that's where I fall, but it's, it's actually, it's pretty close. I think a fair argument could be made for either one. Right. I was, I was thinking the same thing. I think like last game, Jaden Hardy, you know, he, he didn't play really well, but I felt like part of the problem was no one, they just threw him the ball and were like, Hey, go make something happen. Yeah. And then, right. And he just like was trying to get to the rim and got blocked. And then it was like, yeah, I know he's not playing great, but like no one's doing anything. And they're just throwing him the ball to ISO. He gets, he gets two, he gets two chances a game. I think he had 25 points against the, the Portland. And then you go look at his box score and he basically gets two shots. And if he doesn't make them both, he gets yanked. Kid has talked for a lot about putting him in situations where he can thrive. And I think there's, I still think there's a method to his madness where they don't want him out there picking up bad habits and failing. Um, And as much as I understand people wanting to see more of him, his shot is not there. His the then the the scheme stuff that they run, it's like, okay, well, he's gonna either beat somebody off the dribble, but lately he's been met at the rim and sent packing. And like that's just I, I that's just not not great for a young player. Yeah. I hear you. I just it's just frustrating where I it's hard as a fan watching because I feel like I feel like like obviously, you know, you've mentioned it too, like the roster is a really big problem. But I just get frustrated because I don't think we're using the the current talent we have to its best possible potential with the I think the coaching has not been very good. I mean, and I think, yeah, and I think we haven't been tr- even playing our best players like the whole Chris, like Christian Wood situation. Like I can understand if you don't think he's a winning basketball player. I can understand if you don't think he's, you know. He's going to be, he should be on a championship team. I understand all of those arguments. The problem is the Mavs do not have the luxury to be treating him like that. He, given how bad the other players are, he's the second best player. And that, and like, whether you like it or not, and my frustration has been that they're not treating him like that. So he's not getting the minutes. They're like everybody in the entire NBA universe knows that. So if you try and trade him, you're not going to get much in return. Like it's just the whole management of the roster is just so frustrating where it's like, I get it. Our players aren't that great, but like the ones that are okay, like maybe try and pump them up a little bit instead of dragging them down. Yeah. All right. That's all I have. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you coming up. All right. Let's go to Jacob. What's up, Jacob? Hey, Kurt. Welcome, welcome. All right, so my takeaway from this game is that this, I mean, what more evidence does Luca's MVP campaign need? Because without him, this team can barely nurse a, what, 25-point lead without him? Yeah, I mean, the, the challenge there is I think that with some of the other guys that are ahead of him in the race are so freaking good this year. That'll be, yeah. I think that'll end up kind of writing off that argument. Um, but it, it is, it is why he'll make his fourth straight 
all NBA first team if he manages to play enough games. Um, he, you know, because that that's where you know you get past right. the top two right. or three guys, and they tend to. Luca's good, you know. Luca will be first team or second team All NBA, and like there's at, at, when you get on that high level, the distinctions start to actually matter, even if a guy's outstanding. But I understand, like I, it's. I don't know if anybody saw that hilarious JJ Redick clip of like the the thing he he and Jason Gallagher are doing for their show, where it's like he was he was basically reading like fake tweets for how teams represented what they they thought they're you know like. Luca is MVP or Giannis is MVP or that sort of thing. And like all that, like the, the things he had to say that in, in the voice of Mavs fans were like, the team is garbage without Luca, which like, isn't fair, but that to, you know, if they would have lost that tonight, the whole thing would have been like, okay, this, you know, they cannot do anything without Luca. Granted, they still haven't won a game without him, but at least they held on to hold this to, to, to this one. But I, I understand why you feel that way, man. I really, really do. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with the Pistons game too. It's like even with him going nuclear, it's like is is nobody else this reliable and just, you know, halfway consistent? Well, it's why it's like, like <laughs> it's why I I am I get I'm trying to be better about this, but it's like why I get so frustrated when players that are not Luka do kind of like basic basketball shit and everyone gets really excited. It's not that's not fair to mm-hmm. those players. I shouldn't react that no. way, but it's just like guys, we should be demanding a little bit higher standards. Sure. I mean, I guess that's part of the reason I get so pumped up sure. about Josh Green and as a resident of At least Josh he's Green. He's young Island. though. Like what, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, by no means I he's not a finished product. That's I mean, that's why he's, you know, he's there's still room for him to grow. And like his his shooting percentages, you know, nice. Like even even tonight, his uh, ability to you know get to the rim and and like my nit my thing that I've been nitpicking about Josh, I've said it to you is that I think he's too selective with his shots, and I think he just get, straight up got tired of Tim and Spencer tonight, uh, isoing and then breaking that he took that contested three and he buried it. Yeah, I want him like to do. His percentages are going to go down if he starts with more volume. That's just how it works. I like when he takes these threes because sure. his he, his shot, you know, if we're going to get like really in the weeds, Green's shot, he's been drifting a lot on the shot from distance where he'll like float to one side or the other. That was a great pure form up and down shot with somebody in his business. And he needs to take more of those shots, just like Dorian mm-hmm. needed to back in the day. You just got to get looks and get comfortable with it. And that was a good looking shot. I, I was really glad he took that instead of just continuing to move it along the perimeter. Yeah, it fired me up for him. Almost well, I mean, as that much shot, I think that shot won the game. As much like <laughs> he made a layup after that, but that shot as much held off as anything. He misses that shot. The Mavericks mm-hmm. are only up five at that point, and I think the Pelicans might have gone down and scored. Like it's it was uncomfortable. Oh yeah, they had. Every almost every yep. bit of momentum, and yeah, he kind of put it into that. With like, I think that's definitely confidence builder, and uh, you know, he may or may not be dependent on that, like Maxi in a way. But did you see that Maxi is practicing? 
I did, man. What the fuck? Hamstring, hamstring injuries hurt like a bitch, man. Yeah, like, he, like Dalton Trigg was telling me he pulled his in high school, and it just has never been the same, ever. It's like, what do you do if you tear no. one? Yeah, that that it's it's kind of like Tyron Smith. I know you're not a Cowboys fan, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. He, no, but I yeah, that's like the, a guy just never fully recovers from something like that. Yeah, no, you got to be like a six million dollar man to come back from that. I'm sorry, like just even thinking about it sounds pain. Like hamstring. I don't know what, like, I'm going to be so baffled. Good. Like the expectation for him, I'm going to need someone to sit me down and be like, him not dying is our level of expectations. You know, like I just I, I need to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess he got a new girlfriend. Or something. <laughs> it's a good joke, and we'll never oh. go old. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, I mean, I guess if I got to say something about the, I don't know about black sheep, but Tim, man, Tim, come on, man, brutal, like so brutal. Like I, I can appreciate. I, I say this all the time. I can appreciate a guy that plays, you know, with a fire underneath his ass, you know, just high effort. I, I can appreciate that. And, and he's a good dude, but man, you, you may need to start learning Chinese soon. <laughs> yeah. Somebody will pick him up. I really feel that way. I honestly, that's, that's my number one wish for the deadline is trying is get off of the, get off of his contract. Love it. All right, man. Thanks for hanging out. Oh guys. I follow some of these sneaker accounts online to, couple of thoughts, just completely unrelated to anything to this game. Number one, Luca ones are just a fantastic looking shoe. I want the hookup. So anybody out there can help me out. Got big ass feet. I'm a size 14. I'm only 6'2". I should have been taller. It's bullshit. Um, man, I just love Luca shoes. Then I, like John Morant had some new releases of shoes today. And they're kind of like. They're mid, they're, they're mid tops, I guess. And they're just heinous in the best ways possible. So many bright colorways. I, I cannot wait to never buy and wear them just because I'm an old man now, but I wish I could. Um, anyway, I was just, I, I was clicking around on Nike.com during this. So I really wanted to, uh, just to, to get out my, my shoe thoughts that no one wants to hear because who cares about my 38 year old asses, uh, opinions on shoes. Krishna, what is happening? Kirk, how are you? I'm good. Um. Oh God, I I don't know where to begin with this game. Talk um, to me. Let's hear it. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I felt good. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, this should be the lead, right? You should be leading against a team that had to fly in this morning and and drive in from OKC. You should be, especially they were on a nine-game losing streak, and then obviously the Luca stuff in the third quarter. And like I, I saw some things about like Luca should learn how to land better. I'm like, sure, but no, that's like, the that's fact a that he didn't thing. tear his Achilles is what's freaking yeah, impressive. Like, what are you I was talking like, about? Yeah, I was like, I don't know what these people are saying. Like in the heat of the moment, that's going to happen. Like it, it, that's just instinctually what happens. Like you don't. They're not stuntmen. Like stuntmen practice falling safely because that is actually their job. But that's not Luca's job. Like you don't expect to go up and then get blocked like that and then that to happen. So uh, that was like so weird for me. But oh god, I, I just expected it. I just knew it. I was like, this lead is going to disappear. I didn't think I, that close. I did. I honestly, I honestly thought they were going to lose because. Uh, 
I know a lot of people, like if you look at the Pelicans record and you look at their losing streak, you'll be like, oh, are the Pelicans that good? But Brandon Ingram is better than anyone else on this team, like by far in a way. And so CJ McCollum, like for me, it was that simple. Those guys are far better. Like those guys are closer to all-star talent than anyone else on this team. Um, and, And that was what was so concerning to me. Now, I was very happy. My Josh Green stock with me sitting in my mansion on Josh Green Island is very, very, very nice. But it says a lot about this team, right? Like we've talked about it, that when Josh Green, who I like him a lot, but when Josh Green, who's a pretty good athlete, he's not a standout athlete, is the guy that he's the best athlete on the Mavericks. That's not, I mean, yeah. well, I don't know. JaVale's a pretty freak guy, but for the guys that play regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of says a lot just about how poorly the roster has been constructed and it's not to bash Josh and it's not even to bash these players. Like I've kind of been talking with other Mavs fans and my point this whole time is just, yeah, these players have not been good. Like, I'm not going to sit here and defend T- Tim, who shot, like, 15% at one point in this game. Or, like, Spence, who was actually horrendous. Like, both of them were really bad today. I mean, the fact that Josh made as many shots as both of them combined and saw, and shot 17 less times, that's an indictment. Pretty amazing. That's an indictment on both of them. But this is, like, failure from every single level. You know, this is long-term failures from ownerships, lack of understanding on the reality of this franchise that, you know, it's not like a pull, like playing for the Mavericks is not a pull for as much as like, we all love the Mavericks. Like no kid, like no basketball player grows up really dreaming of playing for the Mavericks. I mean, in it's what 20 plus year history of playing for the Mavericks. I remember, I remember how much when, and I didn't, it didn't occur to me till much later in life. When I remember Chris Bosh being like, I grew up a Spurs fan. And, like, Chris Bosh and I were the same age. I played against him in high school. And I remember being so angry at that concept. But, really, the Mavericks weren't really amazing until we were already in high school, until it was, like, my sophomore year. And so, at that point, if you've been a Spurs fan for a real long time, there's some reasons behind that. Like, Tim Duncan was, you know, immediately incredible. But, yeah, it's it's never, you know, for as good – for as many incredible players that have come through the Dallas area, Dallas Mavericks have never been a team that people are like, oh, we're going to – I want to play for them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that credit – like, I, I like Mark McGuire, Rolando Blackman, obviously really great players. But, like, it, it, it's not – it's not an all-time franchise. And, like, literally the most – the most recent player that we've all known is like the only player I've ever seen that actually wants to come to Dallas. Re- obviously Turner resigned with, with or signed the extension with the Pacers. Like it's just not a destination. And yet obviously for so many years, Cuban has act like, Oh, you know, people want to come here. They want to play here. And it's this delusion that that's kind of been, it, it's been pushed also by the front office. Like, uh, that's my issue with it. And the front office is also part of it. And then the same with the coaching. Like, I think a lot of us got frustrated by the staleness of Rick, but in some ways Rick kind of protected. Yeah, I think Rick also protected ownership, but he still kept a lot of these things that are so frustrating now at bay. Like Tim has been there? so frustrating. Lost you at the end. Oh, sorry about that. I was saying, Rick kind of protected so much of this ownership, but he also kind of protected these players from doing 
like being their worst selves that we're seeing sure. right now. Like I have talked about it before, but Tim, like Tim is a good player, but he's only a good player when you don't let him do certain things. And, you know, you, we can talk at times like, Oh, why are players doing certain things? But a lot of these guys are not meant to be playing the roles they're meant to be playing. Like they should not like Spencer should not be relied upon as your second best guy on a team. No, so I don't, should, it's not, it's not fair to him night in and out. Yeah, it's not it's not fair to them at all, and the, the and it's not to say that no one can criticize these two guys. Like no one, it's not to say that no one should criticize them. The unfortunate thing is they're put in that position, and then when they don't perform, it it causes the team to lose, and it's why it's been so tough. And the team has already gotten to this point where it's to like everyone's saying like, Oh, tank tank. But it's like, have you seen the teams at the bottom half of this <laughs> league? Like those teams that might not even get to 30 wins at some point, like you're not going to reach that level. And then the other issue is who is going to take the players you have. Um, you don't really have the picks to give away to do that. It's, it's just kind of a dire situation overall. And it sucks because I really love Luca. I love, I like a lot of these guys on this team. You know, I like Josh Green a lot. I like Jaden Hardy. I, I even like Spence. Like he, he's produced great moments for this team, even in a short time here, but it's so unfair to ask all of these guys to perform at a high level. And I think it's disappointing that it's that way because, you know, just one, two decisions from this front office and this ownership, even just this past off season or, you know, seasons before, could could have completely changed the trajectory and the momentum. And, you know, we've talked, you've talked about it the whole season that this is a take your medicine year. And unfortunately this medicine isn't cough syrup. It's like you're, you're sitting in your hospital bed, taking an IV drip and you're, you're on a ventilator. Like that's what it feels like at points because of how brutal it is to watch an MVP level player struggle to carry a team. And, you know, I don't know where this goes, like I've been saying all season, you know, because the thing that's so crazy is I did not realize the Mavericks were fifth in the West this morning. That's how crazy this, this, the entire NBA has been much less the Western conference that for as horrific as the Mavs have been, the Mavs are fifth and it's, it's kind of just perplexing. Yeah. Well, so is everybody. And that's where it's just this road trip that they're coming up upon. We, you know, the Mavericks don't play well on the road. They they are nine and sixteen. Um, they're playing the Warriors, who are unbelievable at home. Then they're playing the Jazz, who are pretty darn good at home. And then they're playing the Clippers, who are pretty darn good at home. Eh, Clippers are okay. Clip, but the Clippers are apparently they're the scheduling gods bless them. They play no, they they have like no back to backs, and so it just means Kawhi stands a much better chance of playing. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, it's I feel like it's a reverse of last year. Like last year, I felt like. The Mavs, this Mavs team was okay at home, but they were way better on the road, which was, yeah. I think, completely shocking. And it's been tough. And, like, you know, I, I know a few callers have talked about Hardy. For me, my opinion on Hardy is, like, the guy is a prospect. He is a second-round pick prospect that he's not – he's never – was never going to, in my eyes, contribute on a significant level or be a, a significant contributor. And part of that is just he needs to improve his build and improve his decision-making and – this is kind of a lot of the stuff we see now is a lot of the stuff that happened in the G league last season where yes. he just has to acclimate to the level that he's at. And, you know, going from, you know, he misses a year of high school going to the G league. Like we can say whatever we want about the G league. It's a, it's a complete step up 
from high school, especially a year off of high school basketball. And then going from the G League to NBA, even in a few minutes, is a complete step up. I think for me, the positive things are he has shown some ability, but I do think like it's been really clear to me that there's just a lack of coaching that has helped help him helped him ease into this already difficult time. Um, and it's just a lack of him being able to adjust. And I, I don't think it means that what, like, I don't think I can sit here and say Hardy is never going to do anything in the NBA, but I also can't sit here and say Hardy is going to be some side, some kind of like definitive, like yeah, that's fine. piece for this team. And I, I think that's fine. Like the guy's 20 is really young. I think it just sucks that, there's so much spotlight on Hardy one because of just how the prominence he has on this team, just because there's not a lot of young talent, but two also just kind of how bad this team is like, and it's, it's sad. Like, you know, Hardy on a, uh, even Hardy on a different team. Like if Hardy is on, I don't know, like Hardy's on the jazz, probably it wouldn't be a big, big of a, big of a deal that he's not doing as much, but it's tough. It's interesting to see. I'll, I'll, we'll see how Luca does. I mean, that was super worrying. I mean, it was so funny because the the arena was so empty. You could hear Luca scream. And I was just like, who just cursed so loud? And I thought it was funny for a second, but I, I don't know. Hopefully, um, yeah, I hope hopefully he's okay. everyone. Yeah, I hope he's okay. I mean, that looked... It looked rough, man. Your the heels are heels are worse than I think your ankles at some point. So you want how many? How many... What percentage of Jaden Hardy's shots do you think have been blocked this year? I I would I would go almost to like ninety percent. No shush, not that. Come on. I think it's pretty high. I mean, like he he drives to the rim. It's, it's what, sixteen. It's sixteen percent. So. Oh yeah. really? I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm over. But I think the thing is that's so funny. I'm is, talking all shots, I, like all field goals. Oh, okay. Not well, shots he, at the rim. He does take a lot of threes. So. Yeah. But it's so funny because earlier this month, I, I think it was Grant Asseth was tweeting, Hardy, I think has attempted like had attempted the fifth most drives on this team. Like yeah. that, the dribbling part. That, yeah, that plays into it. Yeah, the part of it is just he's one of the few players that can dribble for himself, and and I'm worried. Just like I hope he doesn't start becoming this player that becomes super timid. Uh, I hope he still has his confidence. I think that's one thing I do appreciate about him is, you know, it's not an easy situation. Like he dropped in the draft, like, and, and easily you could go into your shell and let that eat you. But I, I don't know. It'll be tough for him. I, I don't, I, I don't know what his future is here on this team sure. in the league, but. To give you uh, an, a totally unfair comp guys, just while I'm doing the math, Lucas had 3% of his, his shots at the rim blocked. <laughs> it, it, yeah. But yeah. Hardy will need to get it under 10%. That's, that's for, for a guy sure. his size I think, and his attack level, you're going to get blocked. That's absolutely. And I, I, I think that's, uh, to me, it's been, it's not been so much that what I think is better for me. And I like seeing from Hardy is that he's just not afraid to do it still. Yep. Even from, I agree. I think he's just kind of that player, like, he's frustrating in a different way where he's not going to instantaneously learn, right? Like the thing that is so amazing about Luca and all these other top level players is they make, they make a mistake, but then they kind of just learn from it. And Hardy is a smart guy, but he's not that he's going to take this season and maybe even next season and another to learn and really improve his game. I mean, like Kyle Lowry in his first few, it's not a comparable thing, but 
Kyle Lowry in his first few years in the league. He was bad. Was not, he was real yeah, rough. People would not have considered him anywhere uh, as a starter or even a significant contributor on a championship level team. And it's not, I'm not saying Hardy is that or will ever be that, but I'm saying it's really hard to project prospects that far into the future, much less, uh, you know, the next game or even a while, but uh, we'll see. I, I think it's just tough. It's just a tough, this is the slog. This is the slog Kirk, but yep. hopefully everyone stays safe and has a good night. All right, man. Thanks so much for uh, for hanging out. Um, yeah, thanks, sir. Let me see here. I went and I went and just did this because I remember bitching about the same Josh Green block stat. Josh Green was blocked eight point six percent of the time his rookie year. So Hardy's going to have to get that worked on. That's not something to be like panicky about, guys. I'm not being an ass about it, but sixteen percent of your shots blocked is is a lot. Um. As our, Brian says, the Mavericks are the fourth seed. No, we're still the fifth. They're, 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 did somebody lose tonight? Can I not do math? I was just looking at the, uh, just looking at the standings before we got in this because I was, I was going back and forth. Clips are still above the Mavericks by a half game, at least according to ESPN, unless they're playing tonight. I'm not paying any attention. Um, all right, coming up next, let's go to Ruben. What's up, buddy? I forgot what I was going to say. That's um, okay. <laughs> but no, um, man, Josh Green. What? I'm just saying uh, THJ and Spence didn't hit a shot from the floor in the fourth. If I saw that um, stat line on the well, they only scored correctly. As a team. Like so, most of those were Josh Green points. He scored seven. Like. He scored seven in the final six minutes. He didn't really get. He got one. I don't think he got a look. Like they weren't. That was kind of the gripe where it's just like, guys, can we do something? Can we run some offense? Can we do anything? And it was just a bunch of clang, clang, clang. Yeah, Spence. Spence thought he was Kobe tonight. Um, I'm not sure well, what he was thinking. Happen. You know, I and it, it felt like you know, vet. Let me take the game over. I might have to do something. Da da da. But bro, you got like a, a up and coming guy on your team. Give him the ball. He usually makes the right play when he can. Um, but I just love what I saw out of Josh Green. Um, Hardy, I, I would take Hardy minutes over THJ minutes any time of the day. I would rather see him fail than THJ fail at this point of his career. I think sure. I said that in the chat. Well, I mean, maybe after the All Star All Star break, that'll happen. Like, I, I, not all-star it, break, after uh, trade deadline. Yeah, it should happen. And I kind of brought this question to, the like, uh, the spaces um, tonight. What, like, so I feel like Dwight Powell is Luca's favorite tool to use just because, I mean, he's been here since his rookie year. He knows everywhere Luca wants to go, how he wants the ball, da da da, da. So – would you cash out, you know, give up all your picks for – and just looking at the the landscape of the NBA today, there's not really that many star centers. Like, nope. s- star big man, I think that that's, that's gone away of, like – It is the of least the valuable and, of, the, of the three position groups, in my opinion. I mean, the two, yeah. the two best centers in the league are Giannis and Jokic, and everyone else is such a distant third. Right, right. So it's like – I keep hearing people screaming for Miles Turner, and that's that's about it. That's really all you can name. Gobert, 
Uh, it's not Did looking I say too Embiid, good. Luke? I'm sorry. I meant Luca. I meant Embiid and and and. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, Embiid and and what's wrong? I'm I'm just tired, guys. I'm sorry. They're kind of like point centers too. I mean, yeah. And, and, Embiid and and Jokic are, are the two best centers, and everybody else is is not. Yeah. Good. So, um, my question was like, would you cash out and you know spend all your picks for a star center, or would you cash out? And spend all your picks for a star, a star ball handler. I mean, I wouldn't cash out all my picks and do shit. I would just go get better players by hook or by crook. I don't want like this. This second star thing is going to turn me into a lunatic. Just go get better players. Why do you want to mm-hmm. take like don't you know take the ball out of Luca's hands if he demands it? But you know, Spencer. I'm sorry, Brunson. When when Luca wasn't on the floor, Brunson had a usage rate that was in the 30s. It's like there's enough ball to go around for somebody else. You go find it. But it's just let's go get better players. I'm not. The star thing doesn't work. Like it, it's driving me nuts. Every time I hear it, I feel a little crazier. Right, right, and and I think I've come to the conclusion, and you know, in just my opinion or whatever. Yeah, go get like a, you know a, a good bar like Demar Derozan. There's some other names I can name, but he just comes to mind. Even though he, you know, he is not a knockdown three point shooter, he can create his own shot. I'm I'm like to the point where. Just Google and search who has the best ISO game, the most minutes and best ISO scoring. That's all Luca needs. Sent, I love Spencer. Get him back on the bench. You know, give him that role again. He was great in that role. He he's great in Brunson's role, actually. You know, like just by stats wise. But give him that so he doesn't have when Luca goes out, he doesn't feel like he has to do everything by himself. And then go get, I would say, go get a flyer on the center that you think may be manageable. Because there are literally, there are no centers in this league. Just get a big guy or a young big guy with Dwight Powell energy. I That's that's what I look at because all Dwight Powell is doing is is going off what Luka wants. He, he, he sets the screens that, that Luka wants and likes and he can finish. But, you know, it, it feels like Dwight Powell is scared to dunk sometime. I'm like, bro, just reach up and don't – you're not finesse. You're not a finesse player. Stop it. Um, But give him like a young guy like a Wiseman or a Mike Williams or Mo Bamba or something and just see. But cash – I would say, you know, I don't want to cash out, but I want to resign. I want to re- – the, the guy before me, a couple guys before me, had a good – uh, you know, a good – uh, thought else as math fans and maybe the team feel like, oh, uh, Christian Wood isn't good enough for us. I'm like, bro, what are you, what are he's y'all not. smoking? He's not like he's a piece. I'm not saying he's a star. Well, we don't have pe- You're right. We don't we have haven't. pieces. We we don't have pieces. But I'll tell you what's what's gone wrong. And I I don't know this for a fact fact, but I do feel pretty strongly about this. The way the negotiations have gone, I think we'll find out down the road, have been very poor. Mm. And that is very frustrating to hear as fans because we're like, we don't care. Go sign the guy. Right. Right. If he's with the Mavericks past the All-Star break, I actually think he will resign with the Mavericks. I just mm. all sorts. Of, I've had this debate in this chat for two weeks now with people popping in here where it's like, oh, he's going to go get five for 125. And I'm like, from who? He's pissed off eight teams in the league. I saw like no uh, uh, ESPN commentator 
Ohm Young Masuk said that the Mavericks should trade Wood back to the Clippers, not the Clippers, uh, the Pistons, to go get Bogdanovich. And it's like the Pistons want nothing to do with him. He mm. played there. Like, a, you, there's only so many bridges you can burn. And even though I think Wood has grown up and has been a good soldier for this Mavericks team, that's like right. baggage follows you. You know, right. I'm an asshole once about Jalen Brunson in 2021. And to this day, people are still like, you hated Jalen Brunson. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hate Jalen Brunson now. Like, I'm like, bro, what? Like, I, I'm just every time I hear his name, what would. OK, realistically, after that playoff series, he had a good, you know, whatever. Say he did resign. We would be looking at Jalen Brunson as an asset to trade sure. for another star. Maybe. Don't lie. Like I, the, I mean, but everybody should be. Everybody should exactly. be considered an asset. And, yeah. it, and where we fucked up is, you know, Donnie give him that, you know, I don't know, a weird contract when he was drafted. I don't know how many players get that type of contract. But we fucked up there. What but mean? why would I want to re-sign with a team that is going to use me as a trade asset? The media lets me know. The fans let me know. The office has let me know. I'm just a piece to get another piece. I can't believe he wasn't voted in as an all-star. That just shows that ESPN uh, assistant coaches in the NBA should probably not be in charge of voting. <laughs> like Brunson is but, so clearly their best player, and they voted in Julius Randle, who is – like it, Knicks, Knicks players want him. Like Knicks uh, fans were like, "Can we move him now, please?" <laughs> Jalen Brunson is not an All Star yet. He wouldn't be All Star on this team. Good luck to I mean, him. He might be I'm if we were like a top three name. seed. That that dude. Uh, Let that man go. He would be a trade piece. We wouldn't even know him after the trade deadline. We, we, would, be we, top, would, we would be a top three team in the West if he was on this team. We would have we would trade him for Zach Levine right now today. I mean, maybe they're still going to try to trade for Zach Levine. Exactly, that's Kurt. That's so. But that's Brunson why I get, is, uh, Brunson is currently like I think they, they you know, he's, he's a hell of a player. I I I, I never he, really thought and, Brunson. And watch the one thing that I will cap to, and I think all of us should is like none of us thought that Brunson was a max player, but he is clearly a max player in hindsight. Well, when you're the only player on your team, you're going to look like a max player. But mark my words today, they will trade him as soon as uh, Donovan Mitchell has had enough or another all-star point guard has had enough. He will be another trade asset. I love him to death, but I still hate him now that he, you know, fuck him. The Cavs are better than the Knicks, so it's <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. And watch it. And as soon as something like Garland or some they're, shit they're happens so, on the Cavs, so good. the Cavs are going to be so good. They have a little, <laughs> they have a little trade deadline issue right now because they're all like trying. All these teams that have like tradable guys, everybody's like skittish, so people start worrying and playing goofy. So, and did the Clips lose tonight? Like they were down they one point. Giannis said fifty four. Woo! Yeah, Giannis, uh, Giannis is. I, I, I feel good about my MVP bet. I did not place any MVP bets on Jokic, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't. Jokic having a better year than he did. I don't know. But that's a whole other. That's a whole other. But, but, there. but I would say, uh, like wins like this, I'll take any type of win because just look sure. at from four to no three to four. We're all bunched in. Like, I'll take a win no matter what it looks like. Good win for the Mavs. Josh Green is that guy. I'm calling him Clay Thompson 2.0. You got to get him to shoot more than six. Yeah, like, that's all we waiting on. Get the that's hit, on get him. THJ he out of here. Up shots. 
Yeah, get THJ out of here flinging anything up. He's taking shots out of my guy's hands. But we 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 going to go far if we can get these guys, you know, just mix it up a little bit, what you were saying. Just get some new blood in here. And, you know, you know, don't shoot for the stars for a center. Try to get a great, you know, not a well, a good ball handler to move spins back to the bench. And I think we can we can go far. Have a good night, Kurt. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, there were some goofy all-star selections. I really think they need to expand the rosters to the same as the rosters because they only have 12 guys per team. Well, they should have 15 guys because NBA rosters have 15 guys. Um, uh, Javier points out that, that Triple J made it down there. And um, the I, I'm looking at the standings, guys. Why are you guys telling me the Mavericks are fourth? I, I keep refreshing. There we go. Okay. So they're tied with the Clippers at eight and a half games. I don't know why we, I wonder if, or how we have the lead on them is it's, oh, <laughs> the win percentage for the Mavericks is uh, 52.8%. The Clippers is 52.7%. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, the all-star stuff was was just, it's really, I don't understand some of it. Like the Kings are the third team in the in the west and they have one guy and they really should have had two the memphis grizzlies getting two i guess because they're second and teams feel obligated to do that but triple j i don't think he should be an all-star it's it's that the the, i don't wonder anthony edwards wasn't selected as an all-star and has played twice the minutes as triple j there's just some funky there's just some funky stuff going on there i just i i don't know I'm glad Luke, I'm, you know, Luke obviously made all-star team. Uh, apparently um, the, the, uh, the coaches for the Sacramento Kings made a big push for their players. Cause it's, you know, assistant coaches and stuff that vote on this sort of stuff. So I made the joke of, uh, you know, what did the Mavericks do to get Christian Wood in as an all-star guy? And I saw somebody say that I hate Christian Wood. I don't hate Christian Wood. I hate the Christian Wood needs to be better than he is for the Mavericks. Like I just, you know, go look at his box scores and find me a game where he played really well against a good big. Just, you won't find one. He he does really well against, you know, it's like, oh, he had a great game against the Lakers and the Lakers had no one. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And then the final thing she, she points out, obviously that they do not pass the ball to Josh Green, which is undeniably true unbelievably annoying how many times that they just kind of dribble stuff and they don't really get it to him. All right. Fun times. The Mavericks won. We should enjoy the fact that, that they're the fourth seed (laughs) because the road schedule coming up is brutal five straight on the road for a Mavericks team that wins two out of every five on the road. At least that's what they've done this year. Everybody be good. Uh, check out Mavs Moneyball to see if anybody's written anything worth a damn. You'd think I'd know, but I've been sick the past few days, so who knows. Peter wants me to play basketball next Wednesday. Man, my wife is so sick of my shit, Peter. I can't go. I can't play with you guys. All right, we'll talk soon. Be good. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.